Hi, welcome to this week's uh, DW podcast. Uh, again, thanks to everybody that's tuned into the last few. Uh, if I do say so myself, we've had some great guests. We've had the La Fontaines, uh, Ross Layton for Fatherson, and, and the viewing figures have been, been really, really good on them. So thanks very much to everybody that's tuned in and liked and subscribed uh, on Spotify and iTunes and, and YouTube. Uh, if you've not done so already, please do. This week I've got a, a guest I'm quite excited to have on, uh, Dominic Thomas. Uh, who's a professional football player uh, and runs his own soccer school so thanks very much for coming on thanks for having me I've, I'm actually a big fan of the show myself <laughs> I've watched them all and been really impressed thanks very much no, uh, tell us a bit about yourself then Dom uh, where did you grow up what's your background so story? basically I, I've grew up in I East End of Glasgow um, just like I, your, your normal kid and just was football mad growing up played boys club ended up you get scouted and just kind of football took over my life really and Went to school, was never interested in school, was just always football, had teachers tell me, you'll never make it, get a job, you need to stick in at school, but deep down I knew I needed to play football, it wasn't really a case, I didn't want to be a football player, I needed to be, and um, thankfully I'm, I'm I'm there now, and obviously I've still got a long way to go, And but I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. Good, good, what was your, your first experience with pro youth then, who was the first so club that signed when, you? Basically, you play boys club. Right. And you have all the scouts come here, so one week it can be for Dundee United, Aberdeen, Hamilton, Motherwell, Celtic, Rangers, whatever it is, and you just kind of go and train with them. So you can train with as many as you want. So at one point I was at kind of five nights a week, all different teams. Um, and then when you get to, I think it's nine or ten, you need to kind of make your decision. Right. Um, so I had kind of few to, to choose from, and I got to nine, and you just kind of see what one's the best, what one you enjoy most. And for me, that was kind of Celtic. Um, it was closest for me being an East End boy as well so I went and kind of signed with Celtic at 10 and for there I just kind of go through the youth academy at that point you, you enjoy it's your best football do you know what I mean you're 10 year old running mental getting to wear a Celtic strip every week it's brilliant um, and then you kind of move through the age groups and for me I love my time at kind of under 10s 11s 12s I then got to kind of 13s and things started getting a bit more like playing in shape and you need to play this way and do that. Bearing in mind, you're always just doing what you want when you're a younger age. And then that's when you kind of think the enjoyment loses out a wee bit. And um, you're told not to take, or don't do that trick, don't take that extra touch. And kind of a lot of boys kind of lose love of the game at that age, but I still loved it. And I went, keep going, and 13s, 14s. And then when I got to, I think it was halfway through under 14s um, at Celtic, I was playing every week. And then we get beat off Rangers. And the next couple of weeks, I was sitting in this, the, the touchline and I was thinking to myself, what's kind of going on here? Because I had the uh, kind of halfway through the season, you have a meeting with your coaches. Right. And me and my dad went up to Celtic Park and they kind of says, right, he's, he's doing brilliant. He doesn't need to do everything. He's doing fine. He's, he's flying. My dad says, well, is there anything he needs to work on? He's obviously no the finished article. He's only 14. No, no, and he's doing everything fine. You're fine. Six weeks later, I couldn't get a game. And between that meeting and the the kind of been on the touchline we'd been beat off Rangers so said to the coaches kind of what's happening here you told me at Christmas I was flying doing everything right and all of a sudden I kind of get a game and well what, what it is is we kind of get beat off Rangers so we're going to go down the kind of physical route just to match them for the next time we play them so we're kind of bringing in bigger stronger boys that are developed and you're going to kind of lose out in a bit of football I says listen I, I don't want to be sitting on kind of touchlines at 14 year old about be playing football every week so I want to kind of move on and then it's a kind of argument, no, no, we don't want you to leave. And I says, well, you, you can't possibly want me to stay when I'm not playing football. I need, I need to be playing to development. No, just at this point, we want the bigger boys playing and all that. So I says, no. Nah. Anyway, kind of got an agreement that we, we left and um, lucky enough, there was a kind of few teams interested and Motherwell was one of them. So went down to the Fur Park Castle, just behind Fur Park. It was uh, Stevie Cadden and Willie Pettigrew right. um, with the two coaches and went in and trained there and straight away, you know, I kind of felt at home, the boys were good, they were great with me, kind of welcoming in a new player and that, it can sometimes be hard but these boys were brilliant, the training was good and it was a good team, I really enjoyed, I started to kind of enjoy it a bit because you lose a bit of the enjoyment when you're not playing, um, so to go to kind of Motherwell and feel good and it's a really good youth setup. they've always had a good kind of name about them, um, producing players, and for me, it was kind of, it was Gordon Young was the head of youth. Right. Um, and he was great with me as well. And he said, no, we want to sign you. So that was me. I kind of signed at Motherwell under 14s, 15s. Um, and then you kind of play there for a year. And then it comes to going full time. Um, but in between kind of being in a youth academy in the full time, I was obviously still at school. 
but I wasn't interested. I say, it's kind of I was coming up to exams and wasn't I was smart on that, but I just was not interested in school. I didn't want to be there. I just wanted to carry on my pals and the school kind of says, right, what do you what are you doing? Like you're just messing about, wasting your time, wasting your time. Is there anything else you can do? And it was young, he said, listen, we can take you in full-time training. I was only kind of 15. So for there, I, I went in training three days a week um, with the under-19s it was at that point. Okay. And, uh, you were only 15? I was only kind of 15, young boy. And again, I went in nervous, do you know what I mean? Because you're in, these boys are kind of older than you and you're getting in. And just, it was a kind of first kind of experience of being in the big, bad world, as they say. Right. Um, so I was getting up, getting the train, elbows, walking up the hill and it was good and again it was a great dressing room the older boys I loved it so you just sit and listen to the stories obviously I was young and I didn't really say much just sit there quiet but they were brilliant there's some good guys and I remember like Jack Leach Adam Ashgar Nicky Devlin they were kind of the players that were there at that time and they were brilliant with me we used to do like the first team jobs and I think that's when I really realised that this is what I want to do I want to kind of work as hard as I can to get a professional contract and even stuff like cleaning people's boots in after the first team and clean up the dressing room, picking up pants for the flare and all that stuff that you'd think that's disgusting. But you just kind of that environment, I loved it. And kind of for there, I've just always wanted to do that. And I was lucky enough to get a, a professional contract at uh, Motherwell and I went in full time when I was 16. I suppose you've, you've not really made any, uh, you've not disguised it that you're a big Celtic fan, I suppose. So was it a bit hard for you when you were leaving Celtic? Or do you think this is a club that I've supported all my life and... Aye it was but I knew as much as I loved them I, I knew that I had to look out for myself first and the thing with me is my football always come first you know what I mean and as much as I loved Celtic I, I knew I had to go and play and especially at that age do you know what I mean it's a big year for kind of development and if you're going to miss six eight weeks of football you're, you're, not, you're going to go backwards so for me I just had to go and play football every weekend and learn and thankfully I got the chance to do that at Motherwell Brilliant I suppose it's there's this argument I think that what's the right age to take kids into pro youth but you're saying it was nine nine years old Aye. You know, I personally think that's very very young to be putting a lot of pressure on kids and saying you're now uh, playing for a professional setup here you know as you say you're playing against Rangers you're getting dropped if you're not winning because I would say you're more a kind of flair technical player Aye. likes to run with the ball I mean at that age surely you're wanting kids just to have fun it is and I think it's getting even younger now I've heard stories of kind of down south Man City they're taking in boys at four and five do you know I I just don't know how you can do that, and no. the thing is, when you go in, they tell you you're kind of you're representing this club now, and it's, it says a lot of pressure on kind of young kids. Even at ten, it's obviously I think the age before you can sign a contract, but even at that, I don't know if it's too young because it comes too serious. And a lot of the cases when you sign for these clubs, they tell you that's you, you can't play for your boys' club, you can't play school football, don't go and play five a side with your pals. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't agree with that either. No, I think no. you need to play as much football as possible. The more football you play, the better you're going to become. It's like, the more you do it, the better you're going to become. And you're going to be learning, playing school football, play with your pals in the park. And of course, you've obviously got your, your training and that with your club, but I think they're in too young. It's yeah. um, like four and five. I mean, that's just crazy. That I mean, you've got to just enjoy it at that age. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't know what the correct age would be. Um, I actually think you should kind of go back to the way it was years ago. Well, you did. You played for your local team, your your boys' club, school team, your, even your district team. And then maybe I would even say 13, 14, before you actually got into a pro youth set-up. Um, I just think it puts a lot of stress on boys and the enjoyment um, comes out of it. And I think a lot of... You hear it all the time that there's so many good players coming up in this country, young players, and then they get to a certain age. And I think the ability is sometimes coached at them. that because you need to win games mm -hmm. so so don't take that risk and just make sure we win the game do whatever it is to win the game and I just think that's wrong and that's maybe why kind of Scotland aren't doing as well as they should be in the football It's almost that Gordon Stratton uh, thing that we've not got the genetics and you'd have been through that yourself as you said you're a, you're a wee boy you know and uh, yeah. plays football when I, Obviously when I, I went to Celtic when they're saying that you're kind of too small basically that's what it was we want to play bigger players to win games and I, I just sat there and thought well, hold on, the, the best ever player to play for this club was probably Jimmy Johnson and probably one of the smallest players and, and now you are telling me this and they, they, they kind of try to use it as like, we know how much you love Celtic, like just stay here and you'll love it here, you, you train at the Lennox Town, it's brilliant but again I knew 
even much as I loved them, I knew I had to look after myself. And hopefully, I, I do think that's benefited me. Mm-hmm. Kind of, if you stay there, you just get lost in the yeah. kind of system. And I went to Mullerwell and, and it was great for me. And thankful to Mullerwell for that. I think they've kind of helped me in my career and made me kind of what I'm at. Was there any boys at Celtic that have made it were in your, your age group? Or is for, that, for that team. Because um, there must be so many that they take in. And oh, there's, there's thousands. And it becomes a case of you're just a number. Yeah. That kind of... And, if one makes it out of 100, they don't care about the other 99, and it's just the way it is. And, but for that team, as, as I say, it's not, not one um, not one player still at Celtic, still playing. Um, Liam Henderson was probably the one. Right, okay. um, we signed him for Hearts, and then he went right through and made a few appearances for Celtic. He's now playing in Italy. Is Barry, is that I think, no, he got a well, move Verona. there. Is that Verona? Um, got a move there. Fantastic player, do you know what I mean? And, but it's just, the thing is, for me, you look at that, we were the kind of... I look at 10 and 11 year old we were beating teams every week 10 and 11 now in all the country and probably thought well, well that's it we're going to make it we're the best players in the country and for every other youth team there's probably players that are still playing in the Premiership or moved on and for that team there's boys that are, I don't even think play football anymore I think a lot of the boys still kind of play at a certain level but there's none kind of in that first team so it just shows you like doesn't matter what you're doing at 10, 11, 12, beating teams all the time, but it's about the, the long journey of kind of making it to the first team. It's horrendous, isn't it? It's, it's, it's mad. You've obviously got players like Kieran Tierney, fantastic, was a year below me. Um, so he's obviously, he's, he's done what everybody, the dream, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's one in how many, and I just think it's so hard that the, kind of, the youth set up to make it right through. And as, I think the thing is as well, a lot of boys that have came for Celtic Youth Academy have then stepped out and went for Thompson and myself, Motherwell, and went through, those boys went to Hibs, Hearts, Johnson, whatever it is, and are still playing. But I think just at Celtic, it's hard because they can go and sign a three, four million pound player, whereas other clubs can't. And I think that's when, when I had to make a decision to choose, can I another team to go to? I looked at Motherwell's youth setup, I'd heard good stories, and, and there was first team players that were right through, and it still is, and I think that'll be a long way at Mullerwell, you even look at it now, you've got likes of Turnbull, Campbell, fantastic players, and, and they've came through the youth setup. So I think Celtic kind of, as I say, they can go and buy a four million, five million pound player. So just for any kind of, if there's anybody listening, I Celtic's great and you'll be winning games all the time, but maybe look at the kind of smaller clubs where you've got a chance. At the end of the day, you need to look out for yourself. Totally. So you were in at Mullerwell. And uh, you were training with the 19s, was, it, was that a challenge for you? Or did, were you thinking I'm at their level? Or? It was brilliant, I mean, I'm a, I'm a confident kind of guy. I, when I went in at that age, I was... Would never of, You know, the thing is, you kind of grown up with Stange, you're a wee character, and it's kind of, you need to kind of survive, you know what I mean? It's school and that. You, so I went in there, and it was daunting, don't mm. get me wrong. I was remember when Youngie says, you can come in and train, I was shitting myself. I mm. was thinking, oh shit man, I might be out my debt for you. These are all much older than me. But I went in and as I say, as I get to train up, I met Adam Ashgar and Nicky Devlin, as I spoke about, on the train. And we walked up, that from nervous, went in. And did you know them before you got on the train? No, kind of, of them. Right. But they were great with me, do you know what I mean? Because right. they, they'd all been through it themselves. So went in and all the boys were great with me. Went in, get your breakfast, went down to training, put all the first team stuff out, um, come back, eat your lunch. And really that, when I, I realised what it was like to kind of, and I think that probably helped me and pushed me on that bit more, that, I had a taste of it um, and I wanted that to be my kind of life and it, it was brilliant but when I went, even when I was in training I felt I was doing well and the boys would say to me like oh, you're doing really well and by the end of it um, Youngie kind of said to me like you're doing well I'm going to start taking you to the games like with the 19s they played on a Friday afternoon and remember just going and kind of doing the jobs and I know I wasn't really going to play um, just going and packing the kit van and it was brilliant and I do honestly think getting that taste for it really made me want to go and do it more. I was trying not to go down the side ferry right there and ask if the old ones were hard on you. <laughs> no, the, the old ones were great with me. It was obviously, it was just, it was brilliant. I think they took a link to me because I was kind of character and if there was a wee bit of banter on that, I'd want involved in it and, and they liked that. Um, I think there's a lot of boys that go in and they, they squirm and they don't. They have, there's so many. Obviously, as you kind of progress through it, I end up became one of them who's the older ones and you go in the away dressing room at Firth Park when you're doing your apprenticeship and some of the stories for what happened in that kind of place is brilliant. It's, it's kind of what makes you, and everybody always goes back to their kind of apprenticeship years, and it was, it was brilliant, but um, those players, those players come in, and you, the best advice I'd probably give you, just go in and, and get involved in it. The boys love the banter, and 
if somebody's giving you a slagging gear, oh man, back, and if somebody cuts up your gear, go in the next day and cut up theirs. It's, that's just, yeah, the, the thing is, you're going to get eaten alive if you go in there and be nice. And the thing is, you need to go and stake your claim. That's basically it. Who was the big wind up merchants? There was a few, but when I first went in, um, Adam Cummins, uh, big scouser. <laughs> He was, I was the first and I was like, this guy's crazy. He's off his head, but he, but he was brilliant with me and mm. I think he liked that because he kind of had a wee bit of character in that. But no, he, he was brilliant. The boys used to go home with like one jean cut and laces cut out of their shoes, flip-flops cut, anything at all. It was just, it, it was madness and I, I loved that. I loved the madness. Um, everybody else says like the apprenticeship years are your best and they genuinely were. It was brilliant. Remember one of the, the first part, I think it's famous for it in the away dressing room was once you come back for training, all the kits laid out, the balls, bibs, cones, whatever it is, somebody hits the lights and the lights go into darkness and people just volley balls everywhere. <laughs> Pegs are getting launched out the boot room, metal studs off your head and all, and it was brilliant, I loved it. But I remember one day we were in, it was Jonathan Johansson, he took the 20s and somebody's hit the lights, so you just pick up anything you can. If something hits you, you try and grab it and throw it back. But as the lights have went off, he's opened the door and somebody's just half digged a mitre right at him. He's opened the door, <laughs> smashed right in the face. Oh, no. Lights have went on, boys are darting under benches, locking herself in the kit room and all. I think we ran for about two weeks until somebody owned up to it. Oh, madness. But How did they respond to that? He's, he's a nice guy. Lovely guy, him. but he, he didn't take it well. No. Obviously, who, who was that? And he... And nobody would say, oh, I don't know who it was, the lights were off, and still to this day, I don't know. And But we just, every day after training, we were in the park, right? Who's going to speak up? Who was it? Who was it? And a few boys were saying, oh, it was me. And they would say, no, nope, it wasn't you. Because he knew, probably, it wasn't the quiet ones, but they just couldn't run anymore. So boys were saying, I'll take the win for it. <laughs> but we ran it every day. Um, but that's what makes you, I think that's what uh, case you stories like that. And your apprenticeship years are definitely brilliant. Did Youngie leave when you were there? Did he move on? Youngie left just when it became the 20s which was a shame kind of for me I, I liked him he liked me he took the 19s but then he moved on and Jonathan Johansson came in right. that was a blessing in disguise as well he was brilliant for me um, I loved playing under him kind of under 20s and that with had a really good team right. um, and his training was good and I think because he was kind of a forward player as well a former as well he, he liked me kind of a kind of flair player as you would say so it was brilliant and I remember that Twitch team we actually went on and won a youth cup obviously it was under uh, Crags in the end but we kind of JJ started that team off it was brilliant and I think the first manager was, was Stuart McCall kind of my first proper year and he was great with the young boys as well yeah. so I think the mother will kind of youth set up a day I really appreciate what they've done for me and it was great and I, I love my time there There was a time when you were flying for the 20s wasn't there? Aye it was um, just I think it was maybe Maybe just towards the end of my first year kind of apprenticeship, um, I was doing really well and it was Stuart McCall again, I think it was, I was 16, 17, I was on the bench for the first team every week, every for the full season I was on the bench, never got on once, but <laughs> I was uh, on the bench, it was the year we finished second, we, um, we scored the last goal up at Pataudry, yeah. um, so I was on the bench for every game, so I think when you start, I was on like 120 quid, but see if you were on the bench for the first team, you get 300 quid. For a win? For a win, so I was buzzing, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was getting three times my weight just for sitting on a bench for 90 minutes getting to watch a game. Mm -hmm. But it was a brilliant experience, you know, like going away with a team and in hotels and guys were experienced, Stevie Hamill, Laz, it was just brilliant for me. Um, I, I loved that. And I, I've gutted, obviously, I didn't kind of get on more. Yeah. But I, I was only 16, 17, and just great experiences. But watching, cause I, I trained, I ended up training with the first team just regularly, um, and that was great. I think that helped me in the kind of 20s league. Do you know what I mean? I was doing so well, but it was because I was training in a first team environment where you had to be at the top of your game every day. If you messed up, you had a first team player going down you. Do you know what I mean? And you would just think, oh, shit, I, I can't mess this up. Um, and then I, I think that really does help you and that's the chance you get in Motherwell mm -hmm. I think 16-17 training with the first team every day is, is brilliant you don't get that other clubs just because of as I say they can go and buy 3-4 million pound players but at Motherwell it was great you're training with the first team and then you can obviously just train between the 20s and the first team it was great a, a great experience and I loved that as well Is there ever any animosity between the 20s if like say you're getting up and training with the first team they're thinking oh look at him getting in there I wish it was me or is there I, no, probably boys. I think because it's a competitive sport. Oh, course, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the amount of stories you hear. You need to look after yourself, as I said. And as much as your teammates, you, you all want to go in and that's do that. When, when I first went into kind of a football, I can't remember who was it. Maybe my dad, my big brother, said to me, "Obviously, you're going in there." That's you. He says, "But just remember one thing: you you can have friends in football and good guys you go on with." Says, "But but there's no friends in football." At the end of the day, everybody's going in for that one position, and if 
you need to do whatever you need to do to get there. Do you know what I mean? So just kind of watch yourself. And it is, I've seen, I've heard stories of people stabbing people in the back in football, but it's just the way it is. That's the environment it is. It's a dog eat dog world. But um, I, I don't know. It wasn't any kind of animosity as such. Mm. Um, Did you see all the? I, I think I see all these players tweeting like, "Oh, well done, to my man, so and so getting his first start." It's it's lives, mate. But at the end of the day, they, they want to be there. Like uh, you see it now, and it's all that my bro, my boy, you know. <laughs> that. It's, uh, it's no, it's no, it's no for me. I don't like that kind of stuff. Um, if I want to congratulate somebody, I'll pick up the phone and say to them. I don't need to comment saying my boy with flame emojis and all that. That's, <laughs> that's just no me. Uh, it's um, for sure or something. I, it is, and I just nah. There wasn't any real animosity as such, but I think maybe if maybe if you'd been training with the first team mm-hmm. and then you went down to the twenties, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of times there was a few heavy tackles or maybe if you were in and goal they wouldn't slide you in or that, but. That's just football, that's the environment it is. But at Motherwell, everybody kind of got their chance, do you know what I mean? Mm. You you got your chance to train with the first team. If you didn't take it, you'd be back down. Um, I was kind of fortunate enough when I went in, I, I thought I'd done well and ended up being there for a few years involved with the first team. Totally. So he says you were on the bench for a whole season and didn't get on. Aye, that, that was an experience, but... Were you sitting there thinking, when, when am I going to get on? Sometimes, because what it was, was if you, if you were on the bench and you won, you get 300 quid bonus. I don't know if I'm meant to tell you the bonuses at Mullow, big, big flow on the phone, but anyway, so if you're on the bench and you don't go on, it's 300, I think it was, right. but if you get on, even for a minute, you get 800, right. so if it was the 90th minute you won in 3-0 and the gaffer would put you on, you would get 800 quid, and I bear in mind I was on £125, so it was him and Kenny Black was the assistant, um, you know, there was a few games it was 3-0 and I seen him and Kenny talking to each other and Right, we're going to make a sub slow down the game and all that and all the, all the boys would sit up on the bench as <laughs> if they say pick me it's an extra Aye. 500 quid do you know what Aye. I mean um, but no I, n- I never actually got on for the full season and I think I was actually on the bench every single game for the full season brutal. and it, it was it was brutal I, I, but at the same time it was still young I, I was only 16 17 by the end of the season I really I, I was still like, the experience you get for that is incredible but I think obviously Aberdeen the last game of the season that, that'll kind of stick with me for the rest of my life my career if somebody asked me I kind of highlight it would kind of be that just to be involved in it and obviously no being a Motherwell fan that, that was the kind of time I thought here I'm actually becoming I'm part of this do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it felt good um, obviously I'd love to be known the part more but mm-hmm. just that I'm actually thankful to obviously Stuart McCall and Kenny Black gave me that chance just to be involved in it going away pre-season overnights at hotels and that it was great and I do think it drove me on as well as kind of been in training mm-hmm. that I wanted to I want to be a, that first team player I want to be involved in it and I do think that has helped me along my way Do you remember your debut? I do it was, uh, it was actually under Ian Barraclough Right. Um, Kenny, one of my favourite ever Motherwell managers. I mine and all gave my three and a half year deal. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, I don't think there's been another manager in Motherwell's lifetime that beat Rangers twice in a week. So if I'm, if I'm wrong, what, then. what a start that is, by the way. Um, no, so it was um, Ian Barakoff had come in and Kenny Black was still the assistant. So I was training with the first team and he came in and straight away he was like, oh, "Kind of who, who are you?" Like obviously he was getting to know players. I just kind of told him what I've been involved with the first team. I've been on the bench. I've not made my debut yet. He was kind of looked kind of shocked, and then that Saturday, I think it was his first game. I was his second game in charge, and uh, was one and one now at um, St Man Park or the new was it St Man yeah, Park, Park, yeah. and uh, again he's turned around. It was about sixty five minutes. He's turned around. Everybody's and he, I'm used to it, but now just thinking, no point me sitting up. I'm not getting picked here. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Dom, get ready, you're going on. And I, I couldn't oh, believe buzzing. it. Oh, absolutely buzzing. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing you've worked towards since you were a wee boy. I, I want to become a professional player. And I went on and I'll never forget it. It was it was a it was a winter and it was just dark and the rain was coming down. But I, honestly, I was in cloud nine and ran on the part. I felt as if I was floating running on the part. And I didn't really know if it, I had to punch myself. Do you know that way? Is this actually happening? This is what I've wanted to do my full life. And I've actually done it. And I went on and d- 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 done all right. And I got the ball. I remember slipped through Henry Koyama and he's went down the left and I was on for a cutback and he's had the shot and I'm thinking I'm raging here he's cut that back I've got a chance of scoring um, and then I done well just we won the game 1-0 and I think it was the last minute but um, St Martin were breaking and I've chopped somebody down I don't know why I was tackling I think it's the first and only tackle I've ever made um, I brought somebody down and did a free kick outside the box with for two minutes to go and I'm thinking oh Shit my god it was when we were kind of in that relegation battle and I'm thinking oh my god these three points are massive 
and lucky enough they put the free kick yeah, out of the bar. Yeah. It was sigh of relief and still to this day my dad says he's never been at football. He says that was the worst can I see when you get away that free kick and I thought they were going to put it in. He says my my hands were in over my head. He says honestly, he says I've never seen so glad to see a ball going out of the bar. And um but no it was great. Um obviously he make your debut at Mullerwell and did your dad come and watch you every week? He, he went everywhere. Right. He, he still does. Um, for, for that full season, he was in Aberdeen, Inverness, Dundee. You know, he, he was there and for a full season. I, I never got on. And he was saying, <laughs> right, maybe next week, maybe next week. But he's always done that and he, I think he always will. Um, so it's great. I appreciate kind of that support as well. But no, I appreciate obviously Ian Barraclough giving me that chance to go and play. What was, uh, what was your thoughts on Barakov coming in? Because I suppose he was a bit of an unknown. It was. Um, and I think his, his first interview, he said that... We were going to win the league. going to win the league. And <laughs> I remember a few people text me saying, he's going to win the league. And I said, what are you talking about? But, but again, I, I just take people as I, I see them. And for me, his training was really good. I liked it. He came in with new ideas. and I don't know if they were the wrong ideas, but they were new and fresh. And, and I bought into it. And I liked it. Um, I was doing well in training. And he, he told me that. And uh, obviously then he started kind of playing me. I was always coming on, few starts, and then he put me into the office one day. I think it was a Monday. And um, I was out at the weekend, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, he knows I was out. I've done something, somebody's told him something. I'm thinking, oh, man, what have I done? And I'm, but I trained well on the Monday kind of morning. So I went in, and he said, how are you doing? How are you getting on? And that, like, fine, fine. Still, like, he's going to say something here. Um, no, you've been doing really well. You, I think... On the Saturday, I'd set up the winner for City. I was equalising against St. Johnson. Right. Um, so I went into the office and he said, oh, you're doing really well. I've been really impressed. Um, would you like a three-and-a-half-year deal? And I was like, what do you mean? Because I still had a year left. He's like, no, you've been doing really well. You, we think we want to sign you up. Right. Um, would you be happy to kind of put your future to Motherwell? And right. It was a no-brainer for me at the time, of course. Um, so I was like, right, that's great. I'll let the kind of board know... Um, flow a little, speak to him and get it sorted and within kind of a week or two I'd signed that new deal and obviously you're buzzing you, it's a three and a half year deal it was the first kind of that was my third deal at Mullerwell but it was kind of the first like, a good kind of deal and I was happy with it my parents were happy so for me I, I was I was buzzing and I was grateful to him um, so that's security as well isn't it when you're that as, at the end of the day it's a job do you know what I mean although I had a year left it's, it's three and a half year I, I knew this is a kind of project I can go on and work hard and I've got three and a half years in front of me and hopefully things will work out for me and uh, do you know what I mean? Just to have that, as you say, security, that yeah. would probably be the word um, and obviously have a gaffer that likes you, that's half the battle and boys used to slag me saying, oh, that's your dad, that's um, But no, it, it was great <laughs> and at that point I was playing, coming on, starting games and that's it was kind of the first experience I had a kind of being a first team player, like well kind of thought of and it was was there a buzz about the place when you signed it, that? It as was. Well? I remember one day I was warming up and um, we were drawing 0 0. I was 1 0 down actually. And the gaffers gave me a shout, right, come on down. And I've ran down and I'm doing the track, taking my jacket off just to go on as quick as possible. And I remember the fella for park standing up cheering. You know what I mean? I hadn't even gone on the park. And you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I was thinking, wow, this, this is really, really good. This is what I want to be. And, on and the fans clapping and all that and I always thought I kind of done well when I went on the pitch and that and I think kind of that season just came to an end too quick just as he kind of got in and I was kind of starting to play and then the season kind of ended and I think if maybe another three four months and if you don't know what kind of happens in football but I was just buzzing kind of that summer getting back in and because I felt part of it do you know what I mean you, you might be a first team player and that was the first time I kind of felt I know this is this is me I feel at home and brilliant the dressing room at that time it was great and I was starting to become a kind of obviously I like having a laugh with all the boys banter in the dressing room and you felt part of it like one of the main men and it was it was great and I love my time there at Motherwell who was your big pals in the dressing room see at Motherwell I'd, I always go on with everybody because what happened at the time at Motherwell you had a lot of boys that come up from England you yeah. had boys on loan you'd kind of a few foreign boys and then you'd also the Scottish boys and you'd older ones younger ones so it was kind of groups but I felt as if I just got on with everybody. I could go and sit with the older boys and have a coffee. Then I'd go and sit with the kind of the boys that came up from down south and go on with them and then the young Scottish but I could go on with everybody and it was brilliant. It was there was never kinda of any problems or that and no, I really did. I love my time at Mullow, met some great people I'm still kinda of contact with them now and it was it was a really good time and any day I started kinda of my career there, so I've always kinda of fond memories. I suppose they've always had some good senior pros as well, haven't they? You like Silas and Hammy and Big McManus was there when you were there as well? Aye, McManus had come in and obviously 
I remember the first day he came in, I was I was a massive Celtic fan and people were saying, Oh Steve McManus is in training today. I'm like, nah, no way, see like captain, no chance. Straight away I went into the the, the dressing room after breakfast. Yeah, Steve McManus was sitting there and at my, I sat in the corner and Big Mick sat over there and I went into the corner, man, I'm nervous, wreck. I'm like, oh, what do I say to him or not? He's doing tiny slices. I'm straight, how are you doing? I'm Dom, nice to meet you, you know? I'm a pure fan, <laughs> no, do you know what back. I mean? Yeah. Um, if, and he was absolutely brilliant to me. I couldn't believe it straight away. And he was absolutely brilliant. Um, just to, like, kind of, that was the first kind of, kind of big name outside. I kind of, a mother will obviously played with guys like Hamill, Laz, absolute legends. But if somebody kind of come out and into the kind of motherwell bubble, mm-hmm. it, it was brilliant, and he was great with me, and he was great with all the young boys. I, he would, you would have thought, kind of maybe you get these big players and no time for you. But honestly, this guy would have been out of the way for anybody. Yep. Um, all the young boys loved him, and he was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed kind of training with him, and ended up playing with him. And sometimes you're sitting out and playing with Stephen McManus here. Yeah, he's like my pal. It was, mm-hmm. it was brilliant, and guys like that in motherwell kind of made the club. Obviously, your Hamill, Laz, great guys, and. I think they really helped the young boys. Mm-hmm. I think it's testament to them that they're still in the game. You know, you've got Laz and Hammy obviously still at Motherwell. McManus has recently left to go to Celtic again, you know. It is, it's brilliant. It's good to see kind of football guys involved with football. Rather, and the players are obviously, you've got to look up to them. If, if you're coming through at Motherwell and you've got Stevie Hamill in charge, I mean, guys played, don't know how many appearances for Motherwell, it's, it's some start, but mm. for him just to go and ask him for a bit of advice and, and he's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Mm-hmm. Like you could go and ask him about anything, speak to him, pick up the phone, and he would help you. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a great appointment for Motherwell. You get guys like Hamill, Clarkie, Laz involved with it, who've done it. Do you know what I mean? They've been there, wore the t-shirt, and it is really good. It's it's good to see clubs doing that, keeping their kind of own guys in who understand the club, the fans, the way to get there. Do you know what I mean? And there's nobody better than asking their guys. And then Barraclough lost his job. What was that six months in? Or? Aye, it was it was quick. Um, it was Christmas. It was before Christmas. Aye, it was I. I think it was about October, was it? So it was um, the League Cup against Morton, the away game. Was his last aye, game? Aye, that was. Uh, I, I started that night again. I, I was playing. It was brilliant, and then. We think we beat two one, was it? We were two 0 done. I believe so. Uh, and um, it was brilliant. Obviously, you'd be playing, and then we're getting beat, and your fans are turned. You can feel it, you know, and you know what's coming. And there was a bit of pressure on top before it. If he gets beat, it's a sack. Obviously, Morton with the league below and that. And uh, do you know it was two 0 and it went two one. I think I set up the goal, and then he took me off, and I was raging. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I'd ever felt like. You're always a young boy, so you don't say it. But that was the first time I was really thinking, I've got to go and speak to him. I'm not happy about that. I should have been on. Felt as if I was just coming into the game, set up the goal, and then you're off. And then um, obviously ending disaster, kind of big riot in the dressing room after. Um, amount of people asked me about that at the time. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but they had big riot in that. And the next day, that was him gone. Um, so I was kind of gutted, do you know what I mean? It was the first manager really kind of gave me my chance. Obviously, he play, start games and that. Um, so it was kind of, it's always sad to see somebody lose their job no matter what because as I said I liked his training his ideas and he liked me so that, that was the main thing um, but again that, that's football do you know what I mean it's, it's a, a win business if you're not winning you'll get a sack and for me he liked me and then he's away but he maybe no like somebody else and whoever took over maybe liked him it's, you've got to just take what's there at football I think it was was it Robbo actually took over he took it over for a while I think I, I think he took and what was, your, what was your opinion on him at first? Because he was the assistant manager. It was a weird one, obviously. Robbo, he was, he was the assistant to, obviously, Barakoff and then... But was he the assistant or was it more... Aye, I know what you mean there. Because to see he's how he's well hand, he's now he's done... Hand, he's a man. hands-on kind of guy. Yeah. And I could see him being a manager when he was an assistant. Yeah. But he's more like a coach. Right. So even though he's a manager now, he'll still be doing a lot of the coaching, I, w- I would guess, do you know what I mean? Just the way he was. But again, I got on well with Robbo. He seemed to like me. His training was good. Um, but just sometimes football things don't work out do you know what I mean and he always didn't start playing me maybe changed the way we played and it didn't suit me but in the day you need to do whatever you can to kind of get the wins and I was out of the picture again and I think did I go on loan in the January I wasn't, I wasn't playing, so I thought I'm going to kind of go on loan Where did you go? Um, I went loan to Queen of South it was brilliant right. so again I that was the first time I'd, I got a run of games. Played every game for six months. It was a good team. I think we just missed out in the playoffs. I was scoring goals and it was great. That that was really the first time I'd kind of set myself and I started my living. And I was good. I was doing well. I really enjoyed it. A good club. Um, 
obviously the thing was to go back to Motherwell and kind of play and came back pre-season and I'd come back really fit, good shape and done well in their kind of fitness test and all. I was always kind of fit in that and um, I spoke to Robbo and kind of I said like, kind of, right, what's the plans? I, I want to play and I thought I would have been because I'd done well and the team at Motherwell at that time hadn't really done well so I thought I was coming back to play. People were kind of saying, oh, this will be your year and that and uh, he just kind of, he said, nah, you're not really kind of the style I play, we've got to play it. I see players in front of you, which is fair enough, he's a manager, he picks a team and I just said, well, listen, I, I don't want that, do you know what I mean? I, I want to be playing first team football, I've had a taste for it the past six months, I've done well, I don't want to say, no, he says, I want to put you back out in loan and for me, I'd just been in loan and done well. So it's a bit disheartening almost. It is, because I'd come back, worked hard pre-season, done really well and I thought I'd done well in training. Mm. Um, and then he said, no, we want to put you back out in loan. And obviously I'd just been in loan, so I'd done well. I said, well, can I, I've done well, so I've proved myself out in loan. Now nah, I think, go out in loan again. And it wasn't what I wanted to do at that time. I said, obviously, if I can, I would like to just move on because I want to go and play football, can a fresh start, just go and enjoy my football. I don't want to go out in loan when I've already just done it. I suppose you spent a few seasons on the bench as well. Uh, that, that was that. And I thought at that point I kind of deserved my chance, do you know what I mean? And maybe I was totally wrong and... But the, the team were only doing great, do you know what I mean? And that was my point. Um, I had went away and done well when the team was struggling, so I thought I'd go back and go into the team. But Danny Hartman, again, that's football, so wanted to go away and just kind of move on and kind of caused a few kind of upsets between the kind of board and the manager and that. But that's football, as I say, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog world. You need to look out for yourself. And while this was all happening, Kilmarnock had uh, phoned and kind of said, listen, we hear you kind of you've left Mullow, what's, what's your situation? I says, I'm just trying to kind of move on. Whoever's kind of interested, I would obviously be interested in going. If it's Kilmarnock, it was Lee McCulloch was the manager at the time. And I got everything sorted at um, Mullow and I said, listen, Kilmarnock are kind of interested in me. Would let me go? And the two clubs kind of come up with an agreement um, without kind of having to pay a, a fee. We sure. went in and a, a sell-on and that. And it was good. It was good yeah. just to kind of Obviously, I was sad leaving Mullow because, as I said, I'd done my apprenticeship there. I had a lot of good pals and I'd played and I, I wanted to go and play more, but I, I wasn't getting that chance. So for me, I had to go and look out for myself again and go and play football and I went to Kilmarnock and, and got that chance. And I, obviously, I, I was always grateful to kind of Mullow. They, they gave me that first chance to go and do it. So, But again, you need to kind of look out for yourself. Totally. What was your first kind of Kilmarnock then? You think I'm going to play here? Again, I went in. Um, I suppose if you're leaving Mother over first time I, football, I, that's yeah, what I wanted away. to do. So again, went in and it was Lee McCulloch as manager, and I thought he was brilliant, uh, really good with me. His training was good. Straight away, it was it was a good dressing room. Um, I just clicked with a lot of boys that were there, and with Chris Boyd there. Aye, big boy he's, he's now kind of honestly. Uh, What's he like? He's, he's brilliant. Is he's, he's one of the kind of best guys I've probably met in football. Because he's a pantomime villain for everything. He is, and obviously getting in there, he's also a massive Rangers fan, Rangers legend. Agging in and just straight away we clicked. Um, I don't know how and now I'd probably say he's one of kind of my, my best mates in football. Um, really? Aye, just honestly, I'll speak to him on the phone three, four times a day. Right. Um, so I've seen you barming him up on Twitter. I know, the, the two constant banter, whether it's Rangers, him scoring goals, me missing a chance, whatever it is, we just have, it's, it's good. There's kind of, there's a group but we'll all just kind of have a laugh at um, Kilmarnock and it's weird that, like, all my mates are saying, oh, that boy, he's a prick, no, that Rangers this, Rangers <laughs> that, listen, he's, he's a great guy, like, he could come down the pub and just sit with you, he's no, he's no what you think he is, I says, he, he does the things in the papers, and it's, it's pure banner, do you know what I mean, he's trying to get people to dive in, what's the reaction, I, and that's it, do you know what I mean, and he gets it, whether mm. it's, he slags Celtic, slags Rangers, he'll slag MD, mm. uh, but he, he's, he's really, he's a good guy, so I, I went there, and obviously Lee McCulloch was a manager, and for the first, I think it was fourteen games. Started every one, played every minute. We won. We we won. I think we're sitting third or fourth bottom, which wasn't ideal. But I, I was doing well myself. I'd called up to the Scotland Twenty Ones. I was just playing every week, and it was great. I was. I, I was doing really well, and then Did you get a few goals. Aye, we we'd done well, and then I, I felt I was doing well personally. And uh, even though we weren't doing well as a team, but they, everybody was kind of saying you're doing well. Even the gaffer was saying there like you're doing well, if it'll come good, we just need to get everybody together. And then he lost his job again, so it was 14, I think 14 starts I had. And, and here we go again, I, same old thing. Oh no, but Steve Clark came in, and um, so he, the first game that he was in the manager, he didn't take the team, it was 
the reserve coach and who is the reserve coach? Andy Mullen. Right. Great guy. It was him that took the team with Paul McDonald, who's the head of youth. Right. Um but the week before that we played Partick Thistle, I'd been away with the twenty ones. So I hadn't get back until the Thursday. So and me and we Greg Taylor away with the twenty ones. So we get back on the Thursday and basically the team had been picked. So we were like Neither of you were in it. Neither no. were in it. So me and him are kinda of looking at each other like shit, we've missed the boat here. They've picked a team. Uh, anyway, they went and played Thistle on the Saturday. The, the manager was in the stands and the Andy Mullen and Maca took the team. Um and they won two one. It was, it was and I was like, they needed the three points massively and I'm thinking, ah oh, shit, like they've won, he's gonna play the same team next week, they're gonna just keep winning, winning, winning. And he, he did, he picked the same team next week. And then he started making a few changes and I, I wasn't in it. And then it kinda go like five, six, seven games I hadn't played and but the team were doing so well. When he came in, we, we were only doing well and then Steve Clark had his playing brilliant, we we're flying up the league. So I didn't really have an argument. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I couldn't go and chap his door and say, I want to play, he's not doing well, I can give this to the team. The team were doing well. Yeah, Every, the results I, everybody do, yeah. was doing well. So my, I kinda just had to sit and be patient as you sometimes do in football. Um, obviously you still want to play but I just had to be patient and then it, it came to the January again and I said listen I was honest with him and said I'm coming to see you but I can't really have an argument to play yes I think I can play and I would do a job for you um, and he said no no listen I've, I've been impressed with what you've done I had, I think I'd started one game for him and done well set up a goal in that and we won and then next week I was back out so it was just they had his kind of settled 11 which was fair enough because they were doing well and then I came to the January and I said listen I need to play obviously I'd signed a deal there so there was no point in kind of moving on again I was going to go back out on loan and Queen of the South wanted me back went there again and kind of done well and just to be playing football every week I think that's the main thing for kind of anybody see if you're not playing you're, you're disheartened you're down but when you're playing every week it's brilliant it's, the buzz it's, it becomes a different kind of job, do you know what I mean? Because you're saying all week for the game on Saturday, see when you know you're not playing, you're kind of thinking, why am I putting all this work in when I know I'm not going to need it on a Saturday? But just went back out on loan and kind of played again and was aim was to go back in, obviously, in, in the summer with the hit the ground. Scored a few as well, couldn't you I did, that was the thing again, I'd done well, but... Was that Dundee United? I scored up at Tannadice and I ended up scoring 10 goals, that's in the, the six months or something, and it was brilliant, but... Again, I went back to Kilmarnock and it was different for Mullow this time because when I went back to Mullow, the team had been doing so well and I thought, hey, I've got a chance. But when I had been away for the six months, I'd done well, but Kilmarnock were sitting in the top four yeah. when they were kind of bottom of the league. And so again, I was thinking, right, what, what do I do? I can't go and tell them I want to play um, when the team are doing so well. And it, I went in pre-season, worked hard again, done well. And kind of just for that season on, they've, they've kind of had their, their team and... What, what, what he's done has kind of been incredible so I've not really do you know what I mean I've came on for him in that a few times and done well and even though I've not been playing underneath him I've just been training him I feel as if I became a better player understand the game better he's a top top manager great coach and I think I've just learned so much off him not even for playing on just for training and he's, he's been great with me the two of us have understood both sides yet I understand he's got a great team that's winning every week he understands I need to play and can I, we got on well even though I've not played under him. What's the difference with him and McCulloch then? Because it's almost the exact same team, isn't it? Aye. Um, he's not done anything kind of different. Um, his training's no anything complicated. It's just structured. Um, he plays a kind of different style. Um, under uh, Jig, he, we kind of played a, a, f- a forward attack and kind of play and we were playing kind of off the cuff. Just go and enjoy it and I loved that. That was mm-hmm. brilliant for me. That's the kind of player I kind of am and under Clark, it's more like a, a rigid shape, but it's working, do you know what I mean? So you, you can't complain, and maybe just the way his style of play doesn't suit players like me, which is fair enough, that, that's football. and um, It's going to be their, potentially their highest points tally. I, I think um, they need a point or two points yeah. to, to break the record for the second year running. He, he set a new record last year, and now he's going to do it again, but you just can't oh, argue job, with yeah. that. And he, As I say, he's been great with me, even though I've not played as much as I would like, but... I've learned and became a better player under him. Would you make him cutting the Rangers allocation for the last game of the season? <sighs> I don't know. It's one of the ones. It's they're obviously their centenary year. They're going to break the the record Aye. and maybe have a chance at Europe. 
So it's good for the kind of the Kilmarnock fans, but I think it's it's a bit kind of unfair when clubs maybe have depended on Kilmarnock, uh, Celtic and Rangers going there and to get their money in, and, and now they've just decided to cut it. Do you know what I mean? I think if you're going to cut it, you need to do it for the full season. You can't wait to the last game. But the thing is, for me, Kilmarnock have got something kind of to play for. They've got Europe, break their points. Rangers have, have no go in. Either going to Europe, but it's kind of that's, that's common for them. It's yeah. the first time Kilmarnock have been in Europe in how many years? So. They have kind of got something. I just hope now the Kilmarnock fans actually turn out their numbers and, and fill <laughs> it because it's yeah, going yeah. to be a bit embarrassing if, they if they've cut their allocation and don't. I've seen that happen at other kind of teams. So hopefully Kilmarnock fans do kind of do it a justice. Do you reckon your boy Jordan Jones will go on to do well? Aye. He's quite part of the I really do. He's a great guy. No, that was us just winding people up again. <laughs> um, no, he's a great guy. Um, right. Good player. And he's deserved his move. Um, he's been good for Kilmarnock and thing is if a team like Rangers, Celtic, Massel, do you know what I mean? I can see why he's kinda went. Um he's, he's done well for Kilmarnock and, and he, he's he's earned his move. So fair play to him and I think he will go on and do well. Um he's a great player, he's he's, he's got speed, tricks, he's added goals, assists to his game and it kinda deserves him. I, obviously I, I don't want him to do too well, but um <laughs> I, I, he deserves it do you know yeah. what I mean and he's a good player so fair play to him totally he's doing well on the international stage as well that's he? it he's, he's going to Northern Ireland getting called up there and he's doing well for what I've seen so do you know what I mean he, he does deserve his move and I think he got a bit of hard time at Kilmarnock with the fans kind of the other people too aye he, but he is, he's just he's a live wire and he's is a he? great guy brilliant and me and him got on so well um, how do you bite your tongue on social media if, that's a, if you're a big Rangers fan or if you're a Celtic fan, or if you're a... Aye, the, the thing is, like, I, I can see the Kilmarnock fans' point of view, and I can see him, he's buzzing to get his big move, and it's it's a hard one, do you know what I mean? He's buzzing to get his move, and the fans are thinking, well, we're still paying your wage, whatever it is, but it's, just, it's, a, bit of a, it's a touchy subject, and yeah. he's... I can see his point, and I can see the fans' point, and it's just one of the things, isn't it? sitting in the fence there, though. Aye, it's not like me, <laughs> but um, he's, he's a good part of mine, and obviously the Kilmarnock fans have been good with me as well, so I, I can see both sides... Uh-huh. I think... And to be fair to him, I mean, I, when I seen it, I thought, what an idiot. Uh, What's the point of it? But then he went out and scored against Rangers. That, that's the thing. Then, as much as he's, he's tweeted that and he still gave 100%, he's right. maybe playing better now than he's ever played because he knows he needs to step up his game to go to um, Ibrox. He scored against him. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as it's kind of stupid tweeting that, he knows that he's sell now. Yeah, totally. um, but it's not affected him. So as long as he's still scoring the goals for Kilmarnock, helping them become a better team and maybe get them into Europe do you know what I mean to be fair the fans have laid off him a bit since he scored the goal do you know what I mean he scored against the winner against Rangers and everybody's up on their feet so things get kind of forgot about when when you're performing aye exactly so you were away to Dumbarton aye so I went alone to Dumbarton just uh, went there October time um, just again to play football been too easy for you Uh, I don't like saying that Um, it's just a good league some good players in it um I've really enjoyed it. Just, just again, to be playing football for me, it's all I want to do. Do you know what I mean? I'm a football yeah. player. I don't like to sit on the bench, take a wage for, for nothing. I, I want to go and kind of earn it. And I've loved my time at Dumbarton. Um, it's a good team, good dressing room. As I say, it's a good league. I've played against some great players. Um, and I've really have enjoyed my time there. It's different. You, you learn new things playing against different people, different leagues. Um, but it's, it's been great for me. Um, chipped down a few goals and. I've a few goals. Your top, top scorer. <laughs> just a few, but I think even if you go in there, obviously working under, since I've been there, I've, I've worked under three managers, right. which is uh, a bit... Who have you had? Because it's Jim Duffy there. So when yeah. Steve Aikman I signed, right. he got a sack a week in. So he just signed, he got a sack. And then Durante took an interim job for a couple of weeks. Ian Durante? Aye, so it was uh-huh. brilliant. You know How was Ian Durante? Amazing, honestly. A great, great guy. Again, he's a Rangers legend, mad but, Rangers fan and... I'm getting in there, you know, you know I was a Celtic fan, straight away just having banter, and that's what it's all about for me, I, I love having banter, I don't take any offence to nothing, Celtic Rangers, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it was great, and obviously he was, he's a great player, do you know what I mean, no matter oh. what you say, and absolutely, so learning off guys like that, it's great for me, um, he ended up, he played me just kind of off the striker, and then up front, and for there, I, I've played up front, every week for Dumbarton, so yeah. <laughs> kind of, he's found me a new position, and I've been scoring, enjoying it, and Maybe playing the best I've, I've maybe played, and I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it the kind of Good. most. Um, so, obviously, thankful to him for finding me a new position. Um, Think you'll go back and play there for Kelly? The, the thing I was taught about last week was when, obviously, when I go back to come out now, I left there kind of playing left wing, right wing. When I go back now, 
do I tell the manager I'm a striker or am I still a winger? Or what <laughs> do I mean? I've played there for the best part of what, eight, nine months and I've been doing really well. So, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Obviously, I, I would play wherever I can get a game. Um, but Who's the question is, who's the manager going to be as well? That is the thing. I don't know what the kind of situation is at Kilmarnock with Steve Clark. I've heard, obviously, he got a move down south or Scotland job. I'm not too sure, but I'll just sit down kind of in the, the summer and see find out if I'm a striker or a winger or if I'm not interested in, and I'll just, just do you know what I mean I just want to play you've got another uh, year left I've got yeah. another year at Kilmarnock and I just want to kind of play football the, the most I can and the highest level I can so wherever that'll be I'll go and do that what's it been like down at Dumbarton then you says I've got a wee ultras group down there brilliant um, a really good community club similar to Mullerwell um, as I was saying it's, it's good to see that I really appreciate things like that um, they've got groups on for kind of the young kids elderly maybe disabled groups and that it's really good um, and as you say they've got a wee ultras group that started up and these guys are brilliant they've got a song for you yet? I've got a few songs so <laughs> that's always good um, they've got kind of I think they're maybe for ages 12 to 15 and they're brilliant wee guys they're, they're there for the warm up they go to away games and, and I, do you know I appreciate things like that getting the train up they were at Rafe Rovers which is a bit of a trek yeah. do you know what I mean for Dumbarton but fair play I love things like that um, and they're singing in voice and it really does it creates a wee buzz about the place they're there you go for the warm up they're there playing the drum and all that yeah. and especially for wee clubs like Dumbarton I think it's massive and it seems to be they're just growing every week there's a couple more a couple more and they're really starting to make uh, a voice and, school and saying, oh, check that the weekend. Uh, we were up at it's, Kirkcaldy it's brilliant they've got yeah. wee videos on YouTube and on awards night um, in Saturday at Dumbarton they actually got a wee award that was a community award um, and, mm. they, and they won it so it's good for them to get that wee getting recognition aye it's brilliant I love that you've got the awards coming up um, aye so I, I get um, nominated for the League One Player of the Year which was kind of it was an honour it's kind of the players you play against um, that vote for it which is always good to get that credit because as I say I've played against good players so for them to give you a wee bit of recognition it's really appreciated and it's really good players as well so I mean, can I nominated it's four, make the shortlist. So get Kevin Nisbet at Rafe, Dale Hilson at Forfar and Bobby Lynn up at Abroth. Do you know what I mean? Three great players. So I don't know who will end up winning it. I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm happy to be nominated. Um, would you be gutted if you don't? Okay, you, you would, do you know what I mean? If you've been nominated, you may as well go and you want to win it. At the end yeah. of the day, it's good for yourself to win it. But it, I mean, good company, do you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd be happy for it, kind of any of them to win it. But I, I would obviously like to win it myself. Do you get to only vote for the players in your league, or can you vote for the other ones as well? No, you yeah. just vote for the players in your league, um, and then you get a vote for the all-round player of the year and yeah. a young player of the year for all the leagues. Right, okay. But um, just for your team of the year and your player of the year is your league. I'm expecting you to do a Michael Higdon win it and get lifted the same night. For when they have any, probably get a chance of that. Um, <laughs> it's a Sunday night, so I'll probably end up Matt Savoyer something but <laughs> no it'd be a good night um, just to kind of get nominated the whole team go along I, I say it's a great team so a, yeah. a good few years will go along get a table in that and um, see where the night takes us I think if I end up winning it I could boot to Tuesday you will boot to Tuesday I, if my ma's watching I'm just getting the heads up and out <laughs> who did you vote for your overall player of the year your young player of the year overall for the player of the year in all the leagues I voted for James Forrest you could say that but yeah, I think he's, he's been, been brilliant I, I think he's been good um, he's done well for kind of club and country yeah. as well but obviously I, I, I'm a bit biased with the sale specs on there but I think there's a lot of that in the oh, de definitely players, I think yeah. um, you know, it's hard you know what I mean see if, if you had the chance to, you, you would vote for your, your kind of if it was 50-50 you'd go with a Motherwell player yeah, wouldn't you do you yeah, know what I mean totally. um, so it's just a bit kind of but it's one of the things I do think he's done well and again my, my young player you better tell me you didn't vote for David Turnbull. That, that, that's what I was actually saying. Um, he, we Turnbull's brilliant. He's like a great player, great guy. Got on well with him, and I was close to kind of voting for him. And a few boys had, I think a few boys did actually vote for him. So he could have a good chance, but I ended up going with Alex Specs again. <laughs> when odds and Edward. When oh, I was writing, when I was writing it down, all I could think about was the, was the. Um, um, the goal against Rangers and I just do you know what I mean I couldn't see past it yeah. um, there'll be a lot of players that play like that as well but, but there is it's, it's, do you know what I mean I, I've got that special kind of moment I, I think when I'm writing it down whereas obviously David tumble has been doing great mm -hmm. I've not really seen much yet obviously with my own football and I've seen it in the highlights right. and he's scored some players in the lower leagues if he's playing this Saturday you're uh, only seeing the highlights I, do you know what I mean it's kind of hard if I'm not really getting the chance to go and see Motherwell regular or, totally. do you know what I mean you just see it in the highlights and uh, Davey Davey's done brilliant this year do you know what I mean I was delighted to see him winning the awards at the Motherwell get his recognition because even when I was at Motherwell he was brilliant um, 
actually said before he started playing, people used to say, like, who's the kind of next one coming through? And I always said, no, definitely David Tumble. Good guys, gets head screwed on, and a, what a player, do you know Amazing. what I mean? It's good to see players like that who are genuinely ability, do you know what I mean? It's no, he's, he's brilliant. I like he a lot of its attitude as well, isn't it? Because you've got, like, say, Alan Campbell as well, who's. Definitely. We are, obviously, a different kind of player for Tumble, but again, he, he works hard and he's gets head screwed on, and it's good to see players like that doing well, but. I think I've just got that wee extra bit for David because of the way he plays. He, mm-hmm. He'd get good touches and skill and he's scoring good goals, do you know what I mean? But no, it's good to see kind of youth players at Motherwell going through and, and making a, a name for themselves and a regular first team team. Definitely. Tell us about your soccer school then. Hi, so I, I started that up, um, I have been about a year and a half ago now, uh, a year and a half ago now. Um, basically, I, I had so much kind of, when I play football, you get so much spare time. You can be finished training at 12 go to the gym, you're done for half one. What do you kind of do? And I thought, well, I Ah, yeah, that's another thing I was doing. Um, so I thought, I need to kind of stop this. It's getting every day. and But so I thought, right, I'm going to um, start this up. Kind of obviously because it's football. Something I've always kind of had an interest in. And I feel Scottish youth football gets a bad name. And I can totally see why. I've seen some bad coaching, kind of coaches shouting and bawling at young kids and... I don't like to see it, so I thought, right, if I can try and put my spin on this, try and help a few kids. So I started kind of local down the park with, I think it was four kids, was my first group. It was good and I enjoyed it. And then for there, because I'm not a kind of boys club, I thought, well, how can I target the kind of youth? So I thought, when the school holidays are on, I'm going to run a holiday camp. So I did that and at my first one, I had 68 kids. So and I, I couldn't believe it myself and it was brilliant and my pals helped me out like so Boydy come down to meet the kids Kieran Turney come down so that was massive for me and for the kids to get to meet oh, guys like that and, and for there it's really just snowballed so for starting for four kids down the park my last camp there I had over 300 kids over two weeks at Easter camp so that's kind of the scale do you know what I mean it's grown a year and a half and We've also just started in the schools. Right. Um, so what we do is we go into the schools and try and help them, not just with football, so it's whatever the kind of social issue is, if it's mental health, um, knife crime, gang violence, um, just health and fitness, um, stuff like that. So I really enjoy getting in and doing that. Um, it's brilliant. It's just opened up so many doorways for me. Mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy doing it, helping people as well. It's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's good to kind of give something back, as I say, Football kind of saved me. I, I was needing well at school. I didn't want to be there, and football gave me that chance. So it's good to kind of get back and give something to the kind of back to the game. How did you end up getting sixty eight? How do you how do you recruit them? Is so so basically, or? we I, we started a Facebook page, um, and I just put it out. Started it, tell kind of my story, what I was doing and where I was doing it, and four people kind of messaged me and said, oh, "I'd like to have my wee boy to come down and train," and that was fine. And we done that for a good few weeks, and then. And that's when I sat down and thought, right, I'm really enjoying this. How can I make it kind of better and bigger? And I thought of the kind of school holidays were coming up. So it was the October holidays was the one. And um, I put it out there and I said, I thought of that idea of getting to meet the professionals. So I thought... Well, for me, kids, that's massive. Uh, that's brilliant. And even for me, I was buzzing off it, do you know what I mean? So I thought, what can I do? And I phoned KT and I says, listen, mate, listen, what it is, is tell them about the soccer. Brilliant. And... He was a great help, and he's like, listen, mate, anything I can do, if it's a shine, a signed shirt, boots, whatever, to raffle off, I'll do it. If you want me to come down and speak to the kids, and I says, listen, mate, would, would you mind? And he's a great guy, he's all about the kind of the people as well, do you know what I mean? So he would not bother at all, I'll come down, tell me time and place and I'll be there, and we put it out. And Did you tell the kids before? So we put it out as a special announcement, and says, listen, the camp was already like really full, do you know what I mean? I think we had maybe 50 kids, right. and then I put it out saying... Listen, we make it even better. We're going to be bringing down Kieran Tierney. And honestly, the messages, I think we could have honestly took 300 kids, 300 people messaging, can I, can my wee boy come, can my wee girl come? And it got to the point I was thinking, oh shit, there's there's too many people coming Mm -hmm. here. And I had to put a cap on it. It was meant to be 60. And it ended up, we took a few more, they're always the same. But um, it was great. And so it was a Monday to Friday. So we trained them Monday morning, afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, morning, afternoon, and then uh, Wednesday, um, KT came down and brought obviously a good pal of mine and he came and he was brilliant, spoke to the kids for an hour and a half, answered all the questions, got a photo with every kid there, all the parents, but 
when he came, people had obviously heard that he was coming. Did they turn up? And there was people coming for oil canvas slang, and I was like, <laughs> that, that wee boy's no our soccer camp. I don't know what he's came for. Well, they're jumping in for footies. Aye, and yeah. I had to shut the doors and all that and say, listen, if you're not in the, the kind of soccer school, you've no came for the week, you need to leave. I don't even know who it is. Um, but it was brilliant, the hall was packed, all the parents came in, and he'd be fair to Katie, he's absolutely brilliant with everybody. Get photos with all the kids, answered all the questions, and it was brilliant. And then further on in, we kind of stick to that model of training him and bringing down a kind of player, and we've brought down Boydie. Um, and then, we, so for that, we, we thought, well, we're based Camus Lang, that's where I'm from, so it was good to do it in the kind of local area, and then. I thought, where can we go next? I said, well, we can use the kind of Kilmarnock. There's obviously a lot of Kilmarnock fans who've been interested. Yeah. So we went down to Ayrshire and we'd done one in Cumnock. And again, it was you just... You did it down there as well, eh? Aye, so it was a right. massive success. And for that, I took down Kilmarnock players. That's so it was brilliant. great. And again, we get the numbers were brilliant. And now we've kind of got a base down there and a base up here, which is great. And I want to just kind of keep growing it. That's great. Are the clubs quite supportive of you doing it there? Well, that's, that's the thing as well. Everybody's kind of supporting me, whether it be Kilmarnock, um, players that I've played with played against and not they're kind of asking about me and do you know what I mean it's been brilliant the support everybody kind of gain your act well done you're doing well and we'll help you if need be for like KT coming down boy day it's brilliant it makes it that extra bit special and I think now it's a kind of it's a competitive kind of business as you can say it sure. but I think I can kind of bring that edge with me still being a football player as well as bringing down kind of connections through kind of teammates or players I've played against are just pals and it's been brilliant it's been a massive success I've, I've really have loved it good like we say it touches it keeps you in a good mind for a set as well you know it's... It, it does do you know I, I just want to kind of help people as much as possible if they kids they come and they love it and they keep coming back and we're growing now we're doing kind of two camps at a time and all that it's really is good and we've got good coaches and working and I just make it fun and enjoyable for the kids. There's no pressure. You just come, have fun, make new friends, learn new skills, and there's no pressure on you. It's a fun environment because I think it's just too... Sometimes when football gets too serious and you lose a love, and there was a wee kind of a story that kind of made me realise I'd, I'd done the right thing. So we had a, a kid who'd came to one of the camps. Um, he was a local boy and went to a local school, and he came and he was brilliant. He just no hassle. He trained well. He got on with everybody, and then... The end of the week, we got a message in the, the Facebook page for his dad, and he was just saying, hi guys, just obviously my son was there. Um, what it is, is he's been getting a really hard time at school recently, and he, he's been so down and no talking to the family, he says, but this week he's been on cloud nine, talking to his mum and dad about it, his brothers telling kind of his cousins, everybody about it, and he's made new friends through the, the soccer school that he met there, and who actually go to school, but just didn't kind of connect with him before that, right. he said, so thanks very much, and the, the kind of the bullying's now kind of stopped, he's got a new group of friends, and amazing, when I get that message, that's when I actually realised that that's the reason I'm kind of doing it, if, do you know what I mean, I've helped this kid through football, right. And he's now no getting bullied, and he had a great time. And for me, that was kind of rewarding. That, eh? that was that. There was no kind of money or anything can kind of give you that feeling that I got reading that message. And for me, people say, "Oh, how can you be bothered doing that? Just stick to your football." That was kind of just kind of that message made me realise I'd kind of done the right thing and to keep doing it. And it's better doing that than sitting in the house playing the PlayStation or doing it with your pals all the time. I think for me, I was. Training, finish, training finishes at 12 o'clock, you go to have your lunch, go to the gym, you're still done half one, two o'clock, I mean, wait a minute, I was going down just sitting in the bookies or whatever it was, I mean, and it's, no, you don't want to get any bad habits, do you know what I mean, cool. so with that amount of spare time I thought to go and do that, and I think a lot of players are doing that, um, kind of doing something outside football. I still wanted to kind of keep mine in football, but you see a lot of kind of players talking say Grimmy with his clothing range exactly. and all things like that. Boys doing personal training or whatever it is. It's it's good to see and I support all of them that are doing it. It's sometimes it's good to kind of get away from football as well because it can be a kind of pressure hard sport where you're constant. So just to kind of step away, I think it's good for the brain. One person I want to ask you about is Paul Slane because he's been coaching with you. Slane is just a great guy. Um, everybody loves Slaney, don't they? Um, so basically what happened was when I was starting it, um, he was out in America coaching, that he, he tells us about frequently. Um, was it Boca Juniors? What was this? Is that a wind-up? <laughs> just bought I don't Boca know, Juniors tracksuit? Right, I'm, I'm dead close to him, good pal, and I don't actually know myself if he was at Boca Juniors <laughs> or not. He tells me that much that I, I don't know if it's true or no, but, but he's, he's great. So basically, he was out in America and he came back and he phoned me, he says, I've heard about your soccer school, my dad was telling me, and people are talking about it, what's the kind of script? Told him all about it, and I says, listen, Slaney, I says, obviously you're back from America, you were coaching there, I says, 
if you're looking, we would love to take you on board because he's a great guy and mm-hmm. you want to help people with that out and give them that chance. And so he came down and done the campways and he, honestly, I kids love him. It, within half an hour, he had kids jumping about doing the conga, doing huddles, singing songs and all that. And everybody was just looking like, what is going on? Yeah, this guy. And he was in the middle of the Waynes and the Wayne, but the thing is, he's got the same, the, the brain, he thinks the same as the Wayne. So <laughs> they, all the Waynes think he's a pal and all that. It's brilliant. I, just, I loved having him down and he brought a buzz about it. He's great. And one thing, is a top, top coach. I know he has a laugh and banter and that, but he's coaching with kids right through to kind of the older ones. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. I actually said to him that, I'd love to see him get into a, a club like a Motherwell, Celtic, whatever it is, going in and, and coach the youth because they need that. Sometimes it's too serious. He's got that serious side and the fun side, which I think would be brilliant to any kind of youth academy. I'd, I would love to see him going on and kind of doing well. On, he, he's made for it. I know he's kind of hurt the big time now. He's on the, <laughs> the, the, the YouTubes and all that mm-hmm. and he's getting a bit of celebrity. But... No, fair play to him and it was great. Obviously, he helped me out massively and he, he was brilliant and he's a great guy. He's good to have about the place and as he's, he's brilliant and as I say, he's a top coach so that always helps, do you know what I mean? What's the future plans for League One Player of the Year then? Um, well, obviously I've still got a year left at um, Kilmarnock um, so again, I'll go away, work hard kind of in the off-season um, go back in there fit and strong and feeling good and see what happens like, again I don't know what the kind of situation will be with the manager um, if he'll still be there or it'll be another manager I'm not too sure um, but I'll sit down with whoever it is and kind of see what the plans are and if, if I'm, they want me to play there then I'll play do you know what I mean if it's centre half whatever I'll, I'll, I'll go and do it I don't kind of I'll play anywhere um, and obviously if, if they don't see me on their plans then I, I would be happy to kind of just move on and play at the highest level I can play. I feel obviously I've, I've done well going out and loan and maybe there's a few interest out there um, just for doing well off the back of that. So yeah. well, whatever it is, I'll, I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? The, th- the thing is for me, I just want to play football as much as possible and enjoy it. So just need to wait and see what the, the new season brings. Summer soccer school? Uh, there'll be a few of them as well. Um, actually in the process of getting that sorted. Um, that'll be kind of July time just with the schools finishing. So I think they get six weeks off. So... Pretty much for the full six weeks, we'll have kind of soccer schools running, um, hopefully in a few new areas as well, which would be ideal. Good. Thanks very much for your time, Dom. No bother at all, really enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Cheers. mate. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everybody that tuned in uh, again to listen to my podcast today with Dom Thomas. Uh, if you've not liked or subscribed, please do now, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers.